Hi, and welcome to Null Pointers. We are your hosts, Stephen, Gerald, and Mark. And today we'll be talking about whether or not you should be writing your UI in markup files or in code. So guys, before we get into our main topic of the day, I've, I've been running the iOS 14 beta for a few weeks now. Um, and I, I have to say, I'm sort of impressed at the, the stability of it. Um, it's only crashed on me once, so that's good. Uh, I wasn't doing something spectacular at the time. I mean, I was just browsing through my pictures. But other than that, it's, it's been good. Um, but I also have to say that I don't quite use a lot of the new stuff. Maybe I'm just becoming a old man who can't handle change. But what what are you, how do you feel about it? Have you installed it? I know Gerald has, but I have, I have, and uh, yeah, it's like you said, it's pretty stable. Uh, it has been different that way, especially with like the first versions that that come out. Uh, they tend to have some weird things. I've had the the Springboard, so that's basically your your app launcher has been um, restarting. Yeah, like you say, once or twice on me, uh, mostly while I'm switching between apps. Actually, uh, so I don't know. It it gets some animation mix up or something, and it just crashes. I don't know. Um, but yeah, actually, and you can figure out when we're recording this probably. I've checked right now because I, I felt there was a long time between the first version and the second one. And I'm noticing that the second one is out right now. So go get it. Um, yeah. And I mean, we could be, we could be twins. We've talked about this before. We could be twins because I'm not using any of the new stuff as well. I, I had a couple of widgets. Well, okay. Okay. That's not entirely true. I've been using, but that's technically watchOS. Um, I've been using the sleep analysis stuff, um, which has one major flaw, if you ask me, and that is that you need to keep your watch on um, while you're sleeping, which is very uncomfortable. So, uh, but other than that, yeah, nothing, nothing shocking here. Mark, did you take the leap? Did you install it yet? No, I'm too scared. I'm just uh -huh. following along on Twitter. And uh, I still, I still find it an insane remark from you not having a watch on during sleep. I mean, that's my alarm clock, man. You know, it just buzzes in the morning, just gets me out. So I, I, I really like it. It takes eight hours for your hand to go numb, and then you wake up because you can't use it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that, oh, that's cool. how I um, that's how I wake up. Cool. It's a great timer. Yeah. I I can't hear these stories about Apple watches. Oh. Mine, mine fell from great height and then never survived. And ever since, I've been without. The trick is using a wrist strap. They they come with one, and then you can attach them. And it's really great. You should try it next okay. time. Too soon? Is that in the new beta version? or? Yeah, yeah. It's an accessory. You can. <laughs> Did you hear that the new iPhone should come without a headphone and charger? Or I did hear that, yes. Yeah. Pick up roll. I can't really say that I'm bothered by it. I mean, I, I have more he Apple headphones lying around in the house than I have children. Well, that's not hard. But, um, <laughs> I have quite a few of these and, and chargers. Well, I think I can equip every room with a an Apple iPhone charger from either my wife's or my own 
previous models. So I think the main reason is e-waste, if I'm not mistaken, like just the sheer amount of trash that it um, makes up for. And and if that if that is their move to to combat that, then my blessing is theirs. I mean, yeah, I think it will be interesting how they spin it marketing wise. Um, but the first thing, the first time I heard it was like, "What no charger? This is ludicrous!" and whatever. And then I checked my box from my last phone, and actually, the charger and the headphone are still in original wrapping in the phone case. So yeah. I guess there's the point there that you actually don't really need it and uh, you might chuck it. And uh, I just recently saw a number for, from e-waste and it's ridiculously high. So I think uh, it might be a good thing, especially since the charger that comes within the box is not a fast charger. And usually you tend to get one of those. And the headphones, they are not wireless or anything or nothing special. So I usually opt for some better ones there. So I think I will not miss it. But it will be interesting to see what they do with the price, if that will have an impact. Yeah, we'll see. I never bought anything other than what comes in the box, to be honest. And you'll see how I, I see how this is going. They'll won't put the charger in for the next version, and the version after that they'll switch to USB-C. Um, so everyone is like, "Yeah, I got all the chargers. It doesn't matter." And then they'll be like, "Yeah, we finally got USB-C," and everyone has to buy new ones anyway. That's how they do it, man. That's how they stay rich. That's how yeah, I do accessories. accessories. Talking about Apple, they make great UIs, right? I mean, crazy beautiful. There's no mm-hmm. well, there is actually some of the new stuff in the new uh, iOS 14. Um, I think they're they're we talked about this before in our design episode. They're picking up some of the uh, the old stuff. Basically, they're they making their icons more playful again. Uh, so based on that, we decided to talk a little bit, I guess, about, um, our own UIs and not so much about the actual design this time, but, uh, more how we implement these designs. So basically you have like, um, doing it in code or doing it in, well, XAML, uh, if you're talking about Xamarin and Xamarin forms, um, I mean, you can do it in other markup languages, but, uh, yeah, so it's basically Taps versus spaces, I think. So I hope no one will get mad and run out of the studio here. Um, but who does what and why? Tell me. Yeah, bring it on. Bring it on. Uh, I think it's a really interesting discussion that's coming up right now, uh, especially when you think back like where we started. I remember in the, in the good old days, uh, terrible days, uh, where everything was better, um, even the future. You used to write a lot of your UI in code only. Like uh, you had um, before WinForms came out, which came with a designer, you had the option to write all your UI in code. And that just tended to be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lines of you configuring buttons and input fields and stuff like that. So it would run. And uh, with WinForms, you got a designer and some of the uh, older generations of people that are still uh, fortunate enough to do WinForms today. Um, I might be saying this with a slight hint of sarcasm. Um, no, WinForms is great. Uh, oh, I don't know why I went on that tangent. Whatever. Um, you, the, when you use the designer, it would generate the code behind. So you would have had one of these designer files where on the top there was a big remark saying, do not editing anything in here unless you want to lose it. And then the code was generated in there. And then after that, the, we, as desktop designers, uh, got WPF, 
where you then could use XAML, which was uh, an XML structured language, which I believe was inspired by HTML, which also uses uh, that, uh, which then really separated your UI code from your logic code because it was uh, a real hassle to write any logic uh, using the XML. And yeah, you also, so you got your separation of concern for free there. Yeah, right. So that is the big reason why to do one or the other, right? So in code, you would have everything in code. Uh, but yeah, inherently, you will also have to mix all, well, not all, but mix some of your logic with um, your UI code. You can still separate it. But if you want to talk about like other programming languages, it might be some other language. So it might be AXML, which is still XML for, for Android, for for example. But uh, yeah, there you get the, the separation of concerns. Well, basically automatically, it does some more magic. Um, but your design, if you do it right, uh, is, is just your design. It's structured in this XML kind of file um, and if as long as you don't write any any code in the code behind so to speak uh, then then you're good right so you can you can write all the tests for just the logic that's behind it yeah I think in in my personal case I'm I'm partial to having a markup language um, coming from all older um, UI framework kind of things like like you said WPF and UWP as well um, I only ever really used code to to generate controls onto the screen. Like if if I had something that was generating stuff out, then I couldn't solve that easily with a binding or something like that. I think that's the main reason I ever used coded UI. And before that, days like like WinForms, I pretty much just used to drag stuff onto a canvas and dock it left, right, top, whatever, and and be done with it. Um, I can't really say that a lot of the WinForm stuff, even if you look at it today, you might want to claw your eyes out. I mean, who knows? Things change um, also in taste and design, I guess. Yeah, but I thought when doing WinForms, it was so easy to do your initial design. You just drag and drop your stuff on there and it just worked. I mean, from a productivity standpoint, it was quite sweet, I think. Yeah, I mean... You could say that the buttons were not always really nicely aligned and I would now claw my eyes out when looking at UI sometimes where you can see that no button really aligns with anything. But yeah, you were there quick. Yeah, but that's that's like a really good point right here. Uh, I mean, a lot of people have been asking, I think since like WPF and, and UWP, like where is our designer? Well, actually uh, for UWP and WPF, I don't know. Uh, there you have the same like drag and drop experience, right? But I think it never has been as good as the WinForms one. I don't know if it's, I mean, I think uh, Blend is the designer that you get for WPF and UWP, and it's been merged into Visual Studio, I think. I don't know if you still get it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, you could do drag and drop. I think the problem was just um, when you knew how you could use the XML, the XAML behind it to structure your layout, you usually got better results because uh, if you had then like alignment issues and stuff like that, it was harder to do that in the graphical part and it was a lot easier to do in the XAML. But um, what is nice when you have a designer and you use XAML is you get like this live preview feature. So you can always see what is happening. And um, when we moved over to Xamarin Forms, I remember um, we 
uh, the, initially they it's we, we did not have any designers going forward so we lost some of that um, uh, ease of ease of workflow that we then uh, got and uh, there were various attempts from the Xamarin team and then the Microsoft Xamarin team to to improve that situation and I think uh, today or like starting from 2019 uh, we then got actually something different than a designer, which was a live preview, uh, which uh, compiles your app like or, or does uh, uh, the rendering of the of the UI is done live on your app. So you get your changes, and you can also click around and actually use the app with the with the app changes, which is uh, really great. And I think we also talked about that on our uh, last ep- episode on or previous episode on mobile design. Yeah. Okay. But that's, that's, that's two different things, right? I mean, it's an, it's a great tool, uh, but that, and that allows you to iterate over your designs faster, but a designer would help you like, uh, actually align the things, right? Like, like you just mentioned for wind forms, uh, or at least give you the illusion that you align things. Right. Um, and I'm pretty sure that you can, you can, um, put together some, WPF example from uh, Visual Studio on Windows at least. Um, so you and you can have this split view where you have the actual example and 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 the UWP uh, visual thing, uh, and also for UWP maybe it's just UWP. I'm I'm not completely up to date on all the Windows stuff, but one of these you can do some great visual designing in Visual Studio because that's what it's called Visual Studio for. Um, so and th- one thing that I found really interesting was. Yeah, the question, I read it somewhere, I can't remember where. So yeah, this is not going to be in the show notes. Um, But where someone uh, mentioned like, you know, there hasn't been a really good designer for all these XAML-based things because um, it's so flexible, especially when you use it on WPF and and UWP. Uh, Basically, every control can have like a template, right? So each control can can have a application inside of that control if you if that's what you want basically you can build all these kinds of layouts and and nest everything and all those kinds of things um so yeah if you're talking about xamarin forms uh some some things have been tried like a previewer or uh never really a designer i think uh, but yeah those those things weren't always that stable um, and and probably largely because of of the reason that I just mentioned by uh, the unknown person. You just mentioned um, XAML for Xamarin Forms and XAML for WPF to UWP. Oh, don't go there. Do we dive into that rabbit hole? Rather not, huh? Uh, yeah. So so what's what's going on here is, and I think these talks are are, are starting back up again. Uh, so because each of these XAML dialects uh, are they are called mostly, um, I mean, it started with WPF, I think, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and they had a certain naming, certain names for things. Uh, UWP is probably largely the same, but already has some differences, maybe. Um, and Xamarin Forms, yeah, you know, I mean, they weren't Microsoft to begin with, so they had kind of like uh, the ability, the freedom to uh, take the XAML idea, but uh, do all kinds of other things with it, uh, which I think makes sense because, you know, it, it what is it? It's on UWP or WPF. It's a text block or something. 
um, which, yeah, doesn't really fit the mobile paradigm, I think. Um, so, so for Xamarin Forms, they named that an entry, uh, for instance. Uh, but yeah, so there's there's a, a group of people who would really like to see one XAML standard, uh, so you don't get confused over this dialect things, uh, things named just a little bit different. Uh, to be honest, and maybe I don't have enough experience, or I don't don't need to do too much with the other platforms to be bothered with it. But um, yeah, I think it makes sense to have some minor differences in dialect, and it's not really that big of an issue to adjust to. So maybe I'm overseeing some some other major disadvantages here, probably some reusability of of um, code, but. You know, also with the designs, I don't think you can just basically copy paste one design into into the other thing, uh, taking all the form factors in in uh, in account. Um, but yeah, and I think with .NET Maui, they're starting up. Um, I don't know. At least there's there's discussions again on the repository. Like, hey, if we're going to make breaking changes, can we please look again into the XAML differences and uh, maybe maybe unify a little bit. Uh, in that area. And I think that's also why some people say XAML is really complex because you have all these different variations uh, in XAML. So you got the WPF XAML, you got the UWP XAML, which is more close to WPF, but still a bit different. And then you got Xamarin, which is quite a bit different. So you got a lot of these who moved my cheese moments. And I think that just adds to that substance to this fire in the discussion, like why XAML might not be the best approach and why a coded approach might be better. So using uh, C-sharp code to also write UI. And uh, in Xamarin Forms, you could do this since the beginning. And as far as I remember the history lessons correctly, that was also uh, how it originally was intended. So you write all of UIs uh, in code. And then someone came up with the idea, hey, why don't we use XAML? And then they implemented that um, on top. And now with Xamarin Forms 4.6, they added an additional feature or they, they improved the feature set, I want to say, uh, so you can now write your C-sharp code using C-sharp in an even better way. And yeah, what are your thoughts on this new approach? Yeah, so I think I, that's what I hear a lot, like adding the XAML uh, or at least doing the UI XAML uh, makes it harder for new people to get on board with the whole Xamarin form story. Uh, I I think I don't really, uh, I'm not really the one to judge here anymore because I've been using it for so long and I don't know any better uh, that I can't even remember a time where I basically had to learn XAML, so where, where that really was an obstacle. Um, but yeah, so I, I can see if you have all these things to deal with, maybe when you come from like a web background and you have to deal with suddenly big Visual Studio, uh, new ecosystem, um, and suddenly you have to not just learn C-sharp, but also uh, XAML, then yeah, that, that might be much. Uh, I, can, I can see that. Um, Personally, if we go deeper into the C sharp, uh, well, code versus uh, versus markup, yeah, I I really love the idea of writing my uh, markup in in XAML in this case, uh, because of the before named uh, reasons. Basically, 
um, just the separations of concern. Uh, it feels a bit cleaner to have my design something separately. And if you do it right, then you can easily uh, swap in a, a new design, uh, which is probably something that the uh, coded UI people will say as well. Um, it makes it a bit easier to do things like uh, A-B testing. So you can uh, just swap out pages if you want to at, at runtime or whatever. Uh, and I don't know, I just, maybe that is because I'm, I'm used to it now, but uh, it just reads easier to me. Uh, the other day I uh, noticed a screenshot of, of a piece of code on Twitter uh, from GitTrends, um, which is an app by Brandon Minnick. Uh, and he is using the, the, the thing you mentioned, Mark, like the C-sharp for markup, which is now available in Xamarin Forms, I think from 4.6. Uh, maybe 4.7, I'm not entirely sure, which basically provides you with a bunch of helper methods which are written in a like fluent way so you can chain them together. Um, and with that, you can, yeah. I mean, you could do everything in, in XAML and everything in C-sharp for Xamarin Forms today, uh, but this makes it a little bit more readable, a little bit more usable. Uh, but seeing all that code and, and, and nested things and things and everything in code, yeah, it just... It hurts my brain. It's it's not for me. Yeah, I, I share your your pains in that sense. I mean, um, separating stuff is is obviously even in code quite manageable. I mean, you could make two separate partial classes and put all your UI code in one and all the other logic in the other. Um, so you you could separate it, I suppose. But uh, like you said, I I saw the same screenshot. I think it was a a PR to that app indeed. Like you said. Um, and it it's just you're not used to it, or at least I'm not. Um, so you're you're probably initially dismissive of it anyway. If if you dive into it, there's probably a lot of stuff that you can see in there or find in there that then improves your own code if you if you structure things that way. Because it it does, I suppose, maybe give you some more testability as well. I don't know about I don't know about testing um, per se, but um, I mean the argument that you have to use different languages, I think, is uh, yeah, not not the best card in in the deck that that you can have for that because when you look at uh, websites, which I think is one of the most approachable ways how uh, beginners can start to code, um, you got three languages that you have to learn: you got HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, um, and yeah. Uh, it seems manageable. Uh, I think it's also because uh, with XML, it's quite easy to structure your, your UI and to see it. And um, seeing it done with code, it can be done, um, but it also, it, it's a bit, it's just a bit different. And uh, I remember once working on a larger project with a uh, also quite unique design, um, which we did on iOS. And so we did that back in the days in, on Xamarin iOS. And uh, there we had the options by using storyboards. Uh, I know there's also uh, the the predecessor of storyboards, and the the storyboard is actually uh, a drag and drop design interface, and it generates XML. And in, if you if you just do the classic way, where you just have got one large storyboard, you will have the problem that as soon as two people are working on that, um, you'll get merge conflicts, and you're in merge hell, and that's not nice. And also the unique designs that were not really reflected in the designer, at least not then. And so we decided to go a coded approach. And it's actually quite common uh, to do 
coded UIs uh, on, on iOS. And that was actually quite an interesting experience because you can uh, split up your UI into different components. So you got like factories that will give you back the button wake. And then uh, the, the design is always the same where you always set your default margins, stuff like that. So you got like your styles embedded in there and you can do nice stuff. And uh, I also know that uh, I, I sometimes like to write some apps for myself uh, with Fabulous, which is in F sharp. And I know they originally started out with XAML and then they did it differently than did in F sharp. And uh, yeah, you can see some testability coming there by that. Uh, when you ask like a function, hey, give me a button or, or, or give me a, a grid or something like that, you can then uh, you get back an object, uh, which you then can validate if it has the property set accordingly as you expect. So you get some testability there that you might not get with, uh, with the SAML approach. But um, to be honest, uh, usually what I'm testing is is uh, if the data is correct or if the business flow is correct, and I, I less tended to test if the UI object uh, has the correct parameters because that alone did not tell me if the UI would then render correctly. Okay, cool. So that's iOS storyboards. Did you decode the UI? Was that Swift UI already? No, no, that was, uh, I think that was actually where Swift was in the early stages still. Okay, cool. Because I, a lot of people are enthusiastic about Swift UI. I didn't really get to try it yet, but uh, that seems pretty cool. Um, so, and I, yeah, you just see those, more of those methods being mixed up um, across different uh, solutions and, and frameworks. Uh, so, and also again, back to .atvaui, I mean, we're just Xamarin developers, so that's that's easy for me to go back to these kinds of things. Um, with the whole plans that they've got for that, um, that just allows to uh, implement more and more ways to do stuff. You also have uh, Comet by James Clancy, which is uh, also uh, inspired, I think, a little bit somewhere between C Sharp for Markup and SwiftUI. Um, which allows you to also uh, code your UI uh, and also do it uh, not in an MVVM way, but in a MVU way. Uh, so model view update. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that in the next episode. Uh, so, but you know, it 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 becomes more and more like uh, the possibilities are offered to do it in any way you like, right? So you can do it either with this or that, but you get to pick and choose. Uh, and I think you can even like mix things together in one project. I don't know why you would want to uh, do that, uh, which will be confusing as hell probably. Uh, but you know, you could do it if you if you want to. So uh, you have to have flexibility in in those kinds of things. Yeah, and uh, another thing that kind of popped up in my mind is um, those those markup type. Um languages I, I think initially something like blend was was kind of introduced to get designers to write code mm -hmm. if i'm not mistaken I'm, I'm still skeptical that that will ever take off i don't see this happening um they i think they're they're happy with their graphic tools and we are happy with our coding tools and i think there's one you you have some experience in that right Stephen? Uh, with um What's it called? Figma and uh, Zeppelin. We've both worked in that, and they have some some generating things, right? Does that work? Or they have some generation, but it's it's not awesome. Um, there, you can obviously write plugins for it to make it more awesome, but uh, yeah, that that's in the end still a lot of work. Um, basically, what what you could do is write a plugin for 
I think back in the day when I saw it, it was Zeppelin, um, where you could just click on an element and either view it if it were CSS, HTML, or um, other types of languages. And I think Xamarin Forms was one of them. Um, either that or through a plugin for, for it. Um, but that basically gave you the XAML for that specific element, but it was kind of lacking. Like you said, it 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 isn't always how I would structure it, what comes out of it, obviously, because you can use grids, you can use stack layouts, all that good stuff. Um, there, there's, for each setup, I think, multiple ways to to actually lay that out in markup so it never really it's it's never really bridging that gap between a designer and and markup it's it's somewhere there's there's obviously a big waste of of time and effort i mean someone designs it pixel perfect somewhere um that takes a lot of time and then someone picks that up and starts all over again in a different language to make it pixel perfect once more and and it yeah Bridging that gap, I think, if if you can find out or figure out a way to do that, then it's gonna make you money. Yeah, but that here here I come back to the thing where everything is basically too flexible to to make this really take off because, um, yeah, like you say, you have to you have a certain way of structuring things, uh, but you also have your own inheritance things, right? I mean. Uh, you have all the frames with the shadows and that kind of stuff, and and that has to look all the same. Um, so you have that somewhere incorporated already in in code or XAML, and that design tool can only uh, probably only uh, generate the code from from the vanilla forms, right? So it will just use the components that are just in forms and not the things that are actually in in your code base as well. So you will never have a full solution coming out of a tool like that. That and what I also see is that when you look at the generated code, you get like all the single components, and you, I, I never really got like the uh, consolidated style sheet that you then could reuse and reapply on many different levels. So it was these uh, code samples I remember at Zeppelin where you could like get a sneak peek how you could implement um, the the control with XAML, um, but in the end, you you always ended up. Uh, yeah, extracting styles uh, and trying to keep your UI manageable, and that's that's something that um, I think is is quite hard to replicate, uh, as you said, Gerald, because you got so much freedom. Uh, another thing that I think is uh, also quite important is, and we we touched on this before, um, is is going like the extremist way. I think uh, in in the early days with with WinForms and stuff like that, uh, people really tended to. Uh, put logic codes for like business logic code and UI code into the same place. And then that got like really uh, hairy and really not nice to maintain. And then we got WPF. And I remember with WPF, there's always, um, you got the XAML file and you got the code behind file. And I remember being in WPF projects where people told me, you're not allowed to write any c-sharp code in the code behind file you have to do everything in xaml and so you you had to write tons of xaml code to make some really little basic functions work and i think you can still see the same things happening today like uh when when i think uh in in xaml you got um converters so if you got uh 
a a field um, that has is a number and you want to convert it into a color for the front end, you can then use a converter, which will then take the number and then figure out which color you actually want to render. And what you end up doing is you you end up writing a separate class with a converter code in it uh, that you then uh, configure where in, in the view when you make your binding that you should use that converter and then you got the reference that um, class which is I always have to look up how to do references and it's just such a hassle and and sometimes these converters they could be so straightforward and I think uh, when people write uh, code only UI it just seems so streamlined sometimes yeah so that's you get that uh, i mean then you're still mixing some logic ish things in inside your ui right um, and it's like you said it's never probably clear uh, unless you actually wrote it or you've used it a couple of times what that converter is doing um and so yeah there's there's always some some things there that you have to translate uh, from your data to get it into an actual UI, but uh, I think that's the well. I mean, until something new is invented, but I think that for now that is basically like the the biggest separation that you can get right now, right? I mean, it still doesn't say anything about your actual design. It will still it will only format the the data that's coming in in in, in a certain way, and uh, yeah, with that you can make sure that it it fits your design, but it doesn't have some actually to do anything with your design uh so in addition to the whole XAML stuff uh you, you mentioned already a couple of times mark like hey it's very similar to html and a bit of concepts there at least like how it looks how it writes um uh, and for i mean that's another hot topic uh, css support for examiner forms do we really want to go there gerald <laughs> have you used it i have not no yeah, me neither. So that was a quick topic. Uh, so, you know, but it's, it's again, something like you can use it if you want to. It's in the toolbox. Uh, and I know, uh, I think Bogdan, I hope I pronounce his name right, uh, Benetsky or something. Uh, I think he's a really big fan of like the CSS style things in, in Xamarin Forms. And he has a couple of sessions about it and blog posts. Uh, we'll put something in the show notes about that. And I think he even made some kind of less processor, so where you can write like less stuff and and compile that into CSS for uh, Xamarin Forms. So that's pretty cool. So and I think they're even like in the future they're going to uh, make something. I mean, you've probably heard about Blazor. So Blazor is like this other mind-blowing technology where you can write. You don't need JavaScript anymore. You can write all your things in C sharp. Um, and that will get natively compiled, sent over to the client and executed there. Um, it looks and feels just like any modern browser application today, but you can all write it in um, C-sharp right now. And you can do all, all kinds of other stuff like playing Doom and, and rendering 3D graphics and all these kinds of awesome stuff. Uh, but I've seen some things where they've, they, some mind-blowing things where they are creating a Blazor web view in Xamarin, uh, where you can basically incorporate your Blazor application in, in Xamarin too. But um, I, I literally don't know how to do it, but you can have like the same code shared within that web view and outside. So you can um, really, transparently mix native UI with 
um, with this Blazor web stuff, uh, and it will yeah somewhat automatically recognize like um, variable names and that kind of stuff. So it will update the values in both the native UI as well as the Blazor UI. Uh, I think they're calling it Blazor Web View or something, or they like to put these things together so it will probably be Blep View or something. I don't know. Um, but that that's crazy, and then again, you have another path to share um, your your code end to end. You can have this Blazor website and share that in an app, uh, so you can write your maybe your hybrid web app thing, which is a, always a terrible idea. But if that's the thing that you want to do, um, you can also do it now in in, in Blazor. Um, so yeah, yet another way to to do some cool stuff, and um, especially the technology behind it is really really cool. And this just shows, I think, that the optimal solution has not been found yet. I mean, new ways are being introduced and are being thought of, and I really like that. But hand on your heart, if you would have to start a new project today, and let's just choose our favorite technology at the moment, Xamarin Forms, what would it be? Would it be Coded UI or XAML? Gerald? XAML. Stephen? XAML. Mark? Well, I don't know because I'm Swiss, blah, 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 blah. Well, it probably would be XAML, just to be honest. <laughs> so, I mean, I to be very honest, I never tried the coded UI thing. So to 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 make it honest, I should probably spin up something simple, uh, give the coded UI stuff a, a spin and um, see how that works to be able to make a real comparison. But I think I'm just too locked into all the XAML stuff right now and I like it too much, so... Yeah, I'll I'll just stick to that. Yeah, fair. I mean, I think you could do actually a coded UI challenge, you know, one of those that Stephen brought to life with his Spotify app thingy. That is a fantastic idea. I I think the the, the main challenge I would see um for for moving towards C sharp um for for UI is apps like that, you know, like things that have a lot of stuff going on in the UI. Um, like if, if you're just building an app using the same um, platform specific kind of looking things, um, so just native look, it, it can I think it can be really easily done. Um, but I think that the more complexity you introduce into your UI, the bigger those files are gonna get. And, and that's where I probably would lose my overview. Yeah, I think it's the same. Um, I I just read the XAML more easily. It's more structured because it's a structured language thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's I mean, and everyone has their own taste in doing things. So I'm just happy that that there's multiple ways to do this. Um, you know, because there's much heated discussions on Twitter where um, people are seemingly trying to convince the other people persons of they should use the other uh, the other way around and i i don't really see why one should do that i mean both uh, can do the same thing both i mean if you implement one then you almost automatically get the other thing running as well um so that i think that was one of the big uh, like points when uh, css came to examine forms like why are we spending time developing this when there are more um, important issues to fix right now and you know the whole css thing was i think implemented in in like 40 uh, engineering hours or something so i mean um, and and that made 
a a good chunk of people pretty happy um so why not do it and yeah of course there's always more important issues uh, there always will be but you know now everyone has a way of doing the thing they they love and we can include everyone we can empower everyone so that's great it all boils down to personal style exactly and i think that pretty much wraps up this episode on coded versus markup ui um yeah if you have any cool things you want to share war stories from the c-sharp markup trenches or xaml trenches or anywhere else do share them with us on twitter and we've been your hosts steven davise gerald Slows and mark alibone thank you for listening stay safe and until next week on null pointers <laughs>